Welcome back to She Can Talk, the podcast. I am your host, Colleen, a.k.a. Gongali, MC, if you're looking for me on Instagram, or She Can Talk, the podcast as well on Instagram. Or if you just want to check out the music, book me for some shows, or submit your music for consideration, you can hop over to DOE underscore records on Instagram, or just keep it simple. You can go over to www.doerecords.com, and you can just hit up everything I just said. Also... I cannot leave out clean eat wings. That is definitely where you can go check out my sources, whatever I'm cooking. I don't make sauces. I try them. I buy them. I sample them. I recommend them to a friend. So if you're looking for new sources, if you're trying different foods, different recipes, if you're trying things on YouTube and you're trying like, you're like, hmm, I see this video. This looks good, but um, I don't know anyone that really tried it. Come on over to my page because I try a lot of copycat videos. Like recently I did, um the steak egg and cheese bagel that mcdonald's have but i did it my way of course but it came out it turned out really well because out here in the area where i live at in florida they do not sell the steak egg and cheese bagel that's probably the only thing i go to mcdonald's for i think i mentioned it back a minute back that one day i had a craving and i was like you know i'm gonna go in the morning and get a steak egg and cheese bagel just you know i don't feel like making breakfast i'm gonna go up there pulled up to the drive-thru and they were like ma'am did your aliens just release you we stopped selling that years ago and i was like years ago i felt like i just i had that not that long ago but i also don't go to mcdonald's like that so it's about right but anyway so there's ranting raving about bs but one to tell you that i do try copycat recipes i do make home cooked meals barbecue grilling and we also go out from time to time and try different restaurants out so you can always go over to colleen eat wings and um see what i'm doing over there with the food once again all of these links will also be on www.doerecords.com hey she can talk y'all y'all know i gotta give you at least a good two three minutes of the um credentials before i go into it but um Woo, that was a lot. Now we're here. How you guys are doing? A new week. Hey, see y'all out there. How y'all doing? Are y'all doing good? Are we here? Are y'all tuned in? How are y'all? All All right. So, um, of course, as you can see by the title, this week's episode, it is going to be a movie review. All right. I like to come across interesting type of movies and topics. I think one of my last reviews, I reviewed um, Amazon Prime movie that you know, stuck out to me and it was very interesting. You can go back a couple of episodes and check that out. This episode is about a movie I call, I saw called Zola. And, um, some of you out there might be familiar with Zola, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area, you might be familiar with the story of Zola. That's how we found out about it. We lived here. We moved here in, um, 2012 from Virginia beach and we've been out here. And, um, I think it was about 2015. This story broke on Twitter and it was just like, it went viral. And then we was like, wait a minute, this is, she's saying she's in Tampa. So that's what stuck out to us. It kind of made me, you know, piqued my interest because this was a story about something that happened to a girl when she came to Tampa from Detroit. So I was like, Hmm, this is interesting. And you could just see like everybody, celebrities, everybody was like, we need the next part of the story. Zola. Oh my God, is she okay? Where, you know, like it was, it was so many people highly tuned in to this story on Twitter. So much so to the point that she ended up getting a movie deal, I believe, and um, turning her movie, or excuse me, turning her tweets about her real life experience into a movie about what happened this weekend coming to Tampa. So I was like, ah, 
you know, over the weekend. I said, this is something perfect to watch. They had like a screening, I believe, online. But, you know, you could like if you have Roku or whatever, you can order it up there as well and um, watch the movie. So, hey, yay. Plus for Zola, kudos and shout out because I'm one of those people that's not comfortable with going to the movie theaters just yet. I know, I know, I know, I know. But, um, yeah, anyway, so um, being able to watch in a cup from my home, home, eating some good food, that was a plus for me. And, um, yeah, so let's get into my review of Zola. Yeah. So if you don't know, and you know me, I always be like, yeah, give you stories, give you names. Well, give you stories without names. But I think I'm doing good today. I think I'm a little prepared. So we're going to go in a little bit. So the girl's original, well, her dancer name, we're going to start there. The story's about a girl named Zola from Detroit, Michigan. Her real name, though, is like Aziah King. And she's from Detroit, Michigan. She worked at Hooters. Okay. I'm not going to give you the whole story, but I just really want to give you a premise. And honestly, if you were around Twitter in 2015, it's like, I don't care what you were interested in, what you were, what piqued your interest on Twitter. This story came across, across your timeline in one tweet form or another. So if you're not familiar, however, with the tweets, with the story of Zola, I'm going to give you just a little brief synopsis and then I'm going to go into my movie review or my personal opinion of the movie, my review. Alrighty, so Zola is about a girl. Her real name is Aziah King. She's from Detroit, Michigan. She worked at Hooters. She met a girl named Jessica and she has a weird name. Let me see here. It's like Jessica swaggerets but um, don't hold me to that because i don't like butchering people's name but just know that they called her jess right so she met jess and this random guy on a date at hooters while she was the waitress she actually waited on them she met them they struck up a conversation you know jess was like oh my god you're so cute what are you doing here blah 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 they exchanged numbers after she confirmed that she was a dancer right she said you look like you should be dancing like what do you do here she said, why dance on the weekends so um Oh, well, excuse me. She said she looked familiar and she's, you know, confirmed like, yeah, I danced on the weekend. She said, I knew it. I knew it. So right there, you know, I feel like maybe the girl scout her out. Maybe the girl seen her at the strip club and then was like, you know, she definitely is strapped for cash because A, she strips on the weekend and then B, she works at Hooters, you know, during the week. So she's a girl that definitely needs her money to survive and pay her bills. Right. So, you know, people will watch your movement and watch what you do as well to see how if there's a need or desperation there that they can maximize on, right? So apparently that's what Jess did. Jess is a, a white girl. I don't know if she's from Detroit or from Florida. The way she looks in the movie, I, you know, not to be like that or whatever, but she gives me Tampa Bay vibes for real, but um, I don't know. I know she was out here with her um, African pimp, so I don't know if she's from here originally or if she came out here and met him and originally from Detroit, who knows, but, um, her story is very nomadic. Like you don't really get a good background as far as where she's from, but long story short, they met Jess and this guy met Zola in the restaurant in Hooters. They exchanged numbers like within 24 hours. She's like, let's go dance. So, you know, the weekend hits, they went to the clubs locally around Detroit dance, had fun, took a couple of pictures, bonded, you know, like girl time. And she said, you know what? I kind of like it. She's a cool white girl, blah, blah, blah. You know, we're going to hang out, whatever. We're going to make some money. So then that was good. So in Detroit for the night, they made money. 
everything is cool. Next couple of days, the girl calls and like, hey, we're going to take a road trip to Florida to dance out there and make some money because it's money to be made out there. The girl was like, all right, say less. Let's do it because she is a dancer. So I'm assuming that Zola was used to taking trips out of town, you know, and this was not something that she was, you know, like she was agreeing to it because I don't, I know me personally, like I've never danced, so I don't know about that world, but I don't, even regardless of not dancing, whatever opportunities, I don't know if you could just be like, hey, clean, we're going to go and um, we're going to rap all weekend and we're going to make mad money. I'm going to have some questions. We like, where's the hotel? Like, what's accommodations looking like? What's pay looking like? You know, it would be questions. I wouldn't just hop in the car and go, right? So um, to me, the confidence that she had to just leave with this girl that she just met led me to believe that she kind of lived a life to some degree. Dancing you know, comes with some seedier sides to it. So, you know, maybe she experienced that. So this wasn't new to her to go out of town and dance. And I've seen girls or I've known girls that dance and they would go out of town to dance because, you know, some towns would pay more money depending on what's going on, etc. So, um, yeah, so I seen that, you know, I didn't think that was like, um, a big in her world. It wasn't like a big, um, red flag as of yet. Mine's yes, but hers, no. So she hops in the car. Well, when they come to pick her up, she gets picked up by like an African guy who's supposed to be Jess, her, you know, the white girl, her friend, her roommate, and then Jess's boyfriend, Jared. So all three of them came to pick up Zola and now they're heading to Tampa. So they head to Tampa, road trip, et cetera, from Detroit. They get to Tampa, boom, safe and sound, no craziness along the way. Everyone's pretty cool and chill. And then when they get here, it's like the first red flag started to show itself to Zola. The hotel they pulled up to, not accommodating, very seedy, very, very seedy. And then um, what else? Then after that, um, then they left the boyfriend at the hotel for them to go to the club. And then when they went to the club, it um, it was not really the moneymaker club that they was hyping it up to be like you would think that they for the road trip that she took you would have thought that she would have been dancing at like king of diamonds if anyone knows about miami king of diamonds was one of the biggest you know strip clubs even if you weren't into strippers or into that lifestyle you would want to go to that club like it's just like a tourist attraction like you want to go there and their wings was fire so you want to go check out their wings have you know it was always something an excuse to go there and check out that club right so and his money to be made. I've, I've heard women would come from many parts of the globe to go dance in KOD in Miami because it was lit. You're going to make money tonight. In a one night, you can make X amount of money just dancing. And the club is so big that you're not even going to be stepping on another dancer's toes because it's room for everyone type of thing, right? So something like KOD would make sense for me if she was coming from Detroit to come out here to dance. But she came to Tampa to some really very seedy um strip clubs that it was like some old men some like I don't know I don't know very seedy looking individuals patronizing the place right so she made she said the first night she made like eight hundred dollars but the girl told her don't tell him you made any money because if you tell me you make any money he's gonna want it or second or third well this is the third red flag because the hotel was the first one the club was the second one and then now she made money. She made about $800. But the girl's like, don't tell me you made money. Don't tell Z you made money. She's like, hold up. I thought Z was your roommate. Now you, you're acting like he's your pimp. And she's like, oh, he takes care of me. He takes care of me. Like, you know, but if you tell him you make money, he's going to want some of it. So she was like, say less because I'm not about that lifestyle and I'm not giving my money to your pimp. You know, so she puts her money away. And she's like, yeah, we didn't make anything. 
it's still leading up and it's like they're still baiting her in and i'm i'm happy for zola's sake that she was a about her wits like she wasn't just like i'm gonna just go along with it she was like she went along with it but at the same time she had her wits about her as she proceeded so um yeah so now, now he takes them to a different hotel fourth red flag right this hotel is very nice it's like it looks like it might have been like on bayshore boulevard or like downtown you know tampa like really nice hotel like you know valley parking etc and so they go inside they have a really nice room set up in there and so now she's like okay so when we arrive we're at the shittiest hotel and you leave jared out there and then will you bring us out here to this nice swanky hotel like this is looking shadier by the minute Next thing you know, she's like, oh, yeah, he's, I made both of you guys back page, you know, profiles. So you're going to get some clients. They're going to start calling. And when they call, this is the room you're going to be entertaining in. You know, Zola's like, I am not entertaining nobody. You got me twisted. So um, long story short, that's when it gets crazy. And that's when all of the um, capades, the sex capades begin. So really not Zola, you know. And now I'm just going to go by the movie. So I don't want to, like question her like i don't believe her whatever like that but you know someone's you always this is her side of the story right but as far as her story goes she did not engage in you know selling of the stuff but more so just did and so she said she kind of like ushered the guys in kept the the money coming in or kept the appointments coming in i guess and just handled them so um she took like a lot of appointments and by the time she was done, she only had like $500 or something. And she was like, girl, you you know, you, you know, pussy's worth millions or thousands. Like, you can't just be doing this for 50 and $20. You bugging. So she made her a different back, back page profile. And she, you know, upped the prices. And she said, if you're going to be working and you're willing to do this, let's make the real money. So then she, Zola, basically stepped in as a pimp for Jess and started having guys come in, and they made the money. It gets crazier and crazier and crazier. Now, I don't want to go into all, like, give you the whole breakdown, because that was a lot right there, right? The movie, it's wild. I think, as an adult, you should watch it if you're into, I don't know, just seeing some crazy shit that also was a real story. Two things why I would say watch it is because this stuff really happens. Like, just to go a little bit deeper, like, you can Google it. Like, um... The real guy, Z, which was the pimp, and the girl, Jess, which was the one that was like his scout recruit. I would say she was the bottom bitch, apparently, because, you know, he, throughout the movie, you could tell that like, he was letting me know, like, this is my bottom bitch. So, um, in real life, after this was all exposed on Twitter and everything like that, and Zola, you know, got her side of the story out there, a couple of other women came forward and said that they did it to them. And then in addition to that, they got arrested in Las Vegas for attempt. Well, basically two girls escaped them, you know, and they got arrested for doing basically the same thing that they did to Zola. So this is real life shit. This is not just, oh, this is like a glamorized movie of strippers or this is like a glamorized story of two girls like Thelma and Louise gone wild. No, this really is happening every day in America, right? And um, just as simple as that, like someone would see you, a, a sweet, innocent girl, like, and let's face it, Zola was dancing. And I'm not saying because you dance, you're not a sweet, innocent girl, but she had a boyfriend. She had goals for herself. She wasn't just doing this to be recruiting a pimp and, you know, living that lifestyle. She was trying to make her ends and she had a nice place, etc. So I get it. Go get her. I get it. 
everyone got to do what they got to do. But what I will say is, um, they would, they, you know, people out there prey on people like that. They prey on women like that, even men like that, because they say, okay, you definitely need it because you're, you wouldn't be doing this if you didn't. And then, oh, now I see you work at Hooters too. So you definitely need the money. So now I can talk you into doing some other shit. And so people will look for a loophole or angle to swoop in into your situation because they feel like, you know, you might be lacking something that they can, you know, dangle in front of you like a carrot and then move you into their space into, or basically be able to control you and navigate you the way they want to. Right. So it's crazy. But, um, what I liked about the movie and, you know, the whole overall story is that she kind of did, you know, redeem control to some degree when she started, you know, basically pimping out Jess. And then, um, when Z came back, they realized like the first night they made $800 just dancing, the second night, she made $8,000 from just pimping out Jess. Big difference, right? So when the dude saw that, he gave her like a cut of the money. And he was like, you definitely can't leave because here I am thinking that I was going to just use you for, you know, just pimp you and, you know, wear you out and get money. But you're making me more money than I could have made myself. So definitely going to keep you. So now he's like holding her even more. Like you thought you weren't going anywhere before you're not going anywhere now because, um, you're making me money. So that's what happened. So they started kind of like just maneuvering through Tampa. You know, they was at one hotel, then like some guys from the hotel started like watching them and kind of realized that, you know, they're pimping and you know, what's going to happen then they're going to, you know, they schmoozed up to the boyfriend, Jared, cause he was kind of green. And, um, he started something like, yeah, my girl's not here dancing, blah, blah, blah. But they knew what it was because the girl, apparently frequents the area with her pimp. So she's back and forth between Detroit, you know, Tampa, wherever. But they caught they got caught in Vegas. So, you know, all over the place, right? So, um the boyfriend not so much. He's not so street savvy. So he's telling them he's making friends because he's just stuck at the hotel by himself. So he's like, Yeah, you know, telling them what's what they're down there for. And so they was like preyed on, you know, like they was about to be robbed a few times. So now this is where the movie and, the, and Twitter differs. Like, you know, I was actually looking for the tweets, but it makes sense. She probably took them off because I know she's selling a book now about the whole story. Plus the movie came out about the whole story. So, you know, that would make sense to remove the tweets just to kind of, you know, save the ending and, you know, all that stuff, you know, because you know what happens, right? You read a book, you get so involved in it, just like with the Twitter, with the tweets, you get so you know, emotionally or just mentally involved in it, then when the movie comes out, you get so excited for the movie, like, oh, yes, I get to see what I envisioned reading, and it's never the same. Never, never, never the same. Um, Very rare that it's the same, but 99.99% of the time, never the same. Some things are altered, and I get it. They got to do that for Hollywood. They got to, like, shorten it down, cut, like, you know, 84 hours down into, you know what I'm saying, like an hour and a half movie. So I know that a lot of things get missing. A lot of things, you know, get left on a cutting board floor. I get it. But um, the story differs a little bit because, like, I remember, and I don't remember verbatim. That's why I was looking for the tweets earlier. But um, if I'm not mistaken, at the end of the movie, or oh, end of the movie, at the end of the whole story, the end of the weekend, the... um somebody got killed. I don't know if it was the actual pimp. Well, it wasn't the pimp because we see he got caught in Vegas and it wasn't Jared, but I want to say like maybe someone they encountered that was trying to rob them. So, or, um, I think the guy that kidnapped Jess at one point, they had to like 
you know, basically fight for something and somebody got killed. But I think it was the boyfriend of Jess, the green guy who actually protected them and saved them. And he was able to get um, Zola back to Detroit safely. So that part, I think, was a big part because um, in the tweets and even in the movie, Jared was just kind of left to being like a flunky that was like pussy whipped. He, you know, fell in love with this girl, which for obvious reasons, you know, she's freaky, probably doing a whole bunch of things to him. He's a young guy, you know what I'm saying? So he's not as experienced as she is in the world. So he's trusting her. And then you can see he probably has his own personal issues, too, because he doesn't look 100 percent like clean cut. But um, he's green enough that he's just following along what she says. So um, he tried to kill himself. They did show that in the movie that he like jumped off the balcony or something crazy. He was like all emotional all over the place. But then, uh, you know, if I'm not mistaken, they got their wits about them towards the end of the weekend. And they said, we got to get out of here. And I believe that the dude, Jared, was played a vital part in her being able to get home safely. So. I would have liked it. I would have liked to seen them expand on that a little bit more in the movie to give us more clarity about him. Cause you know, at the rate at the, you know, the, um, the stuff he did in the movie, it could have been, they could have did without him. If it makes any sense, like the, it, he didn't place his character role. Wasn't that strong enough to like support him being there. And I'm saying like, if you're going to alter the movie, like alter it to make it exciting and not boring. But they took away a lot of the action, and they took and I, and I get it. Maybe because there was a lot of criminal activity that really happened that weekend, so they try to like change names to protect the innocent or the not so innocent, and they probably had to like remove some stories just because a pending investigations. Like you know, I told you, you know, a couple other girls came forward about being through the same thing as Zola. Um, the pimp and the girl Jess, they got caught in Vegas, so they probably were facing charges. So you know, it's probably like all a lot of legal you know, mix up mixtures, you know, situations going on in scenarios that probably prevented him from saying, Hey, look, we can tell, we can't tell the full story. And maybe also because she wanted to capitalize off the book. She said, you know what? I will rein it in a little bit for the, um, you know, for the book, save some for the book type of thing, which I think, Hey, why didn't you release the book first and then the movie so we can get everything. But, um, I digress, but, um, yeah. So if you ask me my opinion on the movie, it was good. It was a good watch. It was interesting. It had its funny moments. It was like, wow, this shit is wild. Then the, you know, what I like about some parts of the movie and this part is about, I'm about to get real disgusting with you guys. So this is my last spoiler alert. Then I'll go back to just regular reviews. But, um, right at the beginning they were traveling and you know, they stopped, I guess to get gas and use the bathroom and they was at the rest stop, right? You know, you're on a road trip. Like, oh, He's getting gas. I'm running to the bathroom. So the two girls ran to the bathroom and they panned an overhead shot. So you're looking down at them in the bathroom stall and you see both of them in each of their stalls respectively. You s- it starts out with Zola and you see her squatting over the toilet. Like she's not sitting on the toilet. None of that stuff. Like she's just squatting. Like, I don't know. I just think it's normal to squat, but I digress. And um, she's peeing. So it pans over to the other one. And she's like sitting on the toilet. <laughs> like sitting bare ass on the toilet in the rest stop. Then it pans back over to Zola. And she's like, I guess, you know, wiping herself and getting up off the toilet. And it shows a shot of her urine in the toilet. Disgusting what I told you. I gave you a disclaimer before this. And it was clear. It looked like normal urine would look, right? Then it panned over to Jess's bathroom or 
you know, toilet and she's getting up wiping herself and her urine was like the color of metallic gold. Like, I don't know, like it was so orangey, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? And I was like, okay, this is a very telltale sign of what is to come and where she been. What is going on with this right here? This sample specimen going on here. And I think that was just like a lead up to let you know without, you know, I think they used a lot of camera shots and a lot of, um, you know, scenes like that where it wasn't really a lot of talking or dialogue, but to show you or to give you the backstory without words, right? Because to me, in my opinion, the backstory I took away from that was, oh, she's been around the block. She's a dirty wild one. Like, it is not about race or anything like that. She's just a nasty, dirty girl, you know, out here sharing that shit with everyone, right? So, um, yeah, that, that was my first opinion of it and then I look you know also at the same time made me say you know Zola may not be as bad as I thought she was like you know because why would because I'm saying to myself why would you just hop in the car with these people you don't know and go down there if you're not down with that right or if you have a boyfriend at home and he's you know doing his part to take care of you and then you're working and you're doing your part to take care of you you know your family why would you do this you know so it had to be this isn't your nature you have to be wild that was my opinion when I read the tweets, that was my opinion at the beginning of the movie. But that scene, I don't know if that was just like Zola or the director's way of saying like, hey, Zola has not been around the block quite as much as Jess. Let's just put, put it out there like that with this. So very interesting shot. Me and Colossus at the same time, we were like, what was that about? You know, but um, you know how art is. Sometimes it'll, you know, it comes in disgusting forms, but it will still have a to- a story or a statement behind it, right? So I think I caught the statement. If you guys watch the movie, tell me what you think. Am I over? Am I reaching? Or did you get the same vibe, right? So um, yeah, it was it was crazy. So to know like right now that human trafficking is a big thing, you know, and to know that um people are vigilant. Is at heightened levels of vigilance behind people being, you know, trafficking children, young girls, women, boys, everyone. You know what I'm saying? Human trafficking is a thing right now, right? And um, to see that this girl from Detroit tells her story so eloquently on Twitter, funny as well too, because she definitely was comical with the story in points and so detailed, like. Definitely should have been a book first and then a movie, but she did it right because the tweet, the tweets garnered her the publicity, but, um, to tell this story for her to tell this story, right. About something that happened to her. And then, like I said in the beginning about my opinion, like I would have been like, well, you know, not saying it deserved to happen to you, but what were you doing there? Like, why would you go there? Like, you should have known better. Like, you don't know these people. Why would you hop in a car with people and go somewhere with them and you don't know them and trust them like this? So you, you should have known it was going to be some crazy shit that happens, right? And you'll be so judgmental in your thinking like that, right? But shit, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And sometimes, you know, without risk, there's no reward. Another saying is the greater the risk, the greater the reward. So I get it. Like you got to do what you got to do. I, I judge no one and I hold no opinions on that. Right. But I say that, um, coming back around and then like really viewing the whole thing and then to see how she could have been a victim and wasn't, that was like very, you know, um, 
uplifting, I would, I would say, but also at the same time, I hope that her story is bringing awareness, you know, not only to people to be like, Hey, heighten your awareness around for anything that looks strange or whatever, but also girls, young girls in particular, like heighten that awareness. Like y'all be like, Oh, you know, I want to go out of town. You know, I'm going out for, um, all-star weekend. I'm going out for whatever it's popping off. Right. Don't get me wrong. I love to go out too. I love to hang out and love to go out of town to have fun as well. Don't get me wrong, you know, but you want to make sure you're going with people you trust. Don't just go with a chick you met the other day. Another thing is don't go with a friend of a friend because that shit don't work either sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're like oh, I, well, you know, Keisha couldn't come, so I'm going to go with my home girl, well, her home girl, Samantha. You know what I'm saying? And you don't know Samantha from a can of paint. Next thing you know, you having a whole weekend like Zola. You know what I'm saying? Or even worse, you could be Jess and Samantha could be Zola. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I just hope that a lot of girls see this movie and take that in. Like, yo, this really was a true story. Now, I don't know if you want to look at this as creative or downright risky. I'm going to say it's a little bit of both. It's creative because I was a college student before, right? And I'm not talking about just my recent graduation college student. I'm talking about 19-year-old college student. Now, we didn't do nothing like this. Do not get me wrong. We never did nothing like this. But, you know, you have a friend. Shit, in some scenarios, you might have been that friend, you know what I'm saying, where you didn't have money, but everyone's like, man, we're going to go. It's, it's the weekend. We're going to have fun. We're going to all take this trip. And then you end up in a situation where you don't got no money and you out of town with some people doing whatever. Now, if you do take a risk like that, Make sure it's with people you know. Make sure it's with people that are longtime friends and you still can't even trust them. You know what I'm saying? So I just say before you do something like that, just have your coins in a row, your ducks in a row, and um, preferably your own transportation if you ask me, you know. Because I've seen the bestest of friends travel out of town and leave each other deserted flat. You know what I'm saying? And to me, that's terrible business. Like, I test people with, like, just simple things like, let's go out to happy hour Let's go out to dinner and see how you act, you know, first. Then I might say, let's, you know, go to a show or a club, see how you act. If you're like ready to fly off with the first dude that bought you a drink and you're gone for the night, um, definitely not an out of town chick for me. I can't take you out of town. You know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that. But, um, the reason why I say that is because I remember recently, just recently, all-star weekend, Atlanta, they were girls. They were showing you on the news, showing you like all over the social media platforms. Like <clears throat> chicks were renting vans, sleeping in the vans. Chicks were renting U-Hauls, sleeping in the back of U-Hauls. Now the U-Haul, like I said, creative or risky. I don't know what you want to call it. I think it was a combination of both because um, if you're like, hey, we're going to chip in for the U-Haul. And he's like, you know, you hold like, what, $19 a day? I don't know. So I guess they figured we just get sleeping bags. Boom, boom, boom. You know, we don't really get to go. We get to go. But my thing is this. Where are you ladies bathing? Because you still got to go get dressed up and go to the club, right? So where are you bathing? And if you are hooking up with dudes, where are you, what are you, what are you doing? But um, to me, I think, like, does that send the wrong message? Because you have a whole van. I was like, is this the moving sex wagon? What is this, right? <clears throat> Now, I, I'm all for being creative and all for being um, frugal. 
But why not chip in all y'all $20 each and get a fucking extended stay? Y'all can stay at an extended stay at the edge of town and just drive into Atlanta, drive into the festivities. You know, the further out of town, the further away from any type of main attraction, the hotels are going to be cheaper anyway. And you can get a nicer hotel for cheaper and just rent you a car. So two for the price of one. You got transportation and a nice safe hotel away from the festivities <clears throat> so you can retreat to when everything is done. But, um... I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm a girl of a different time, you know. You can't catch me with that wild shit. But um, and I don't want to say you know never say never. You can't catch me because they be babies grabbing them at the fucking Walmart, girl. They be grabbing them at the fucking you know Target parking lot. You at the damn Sally's Beauty Supply, and they could grab you next. To, you know you in captivity. You know I saw a video the other day of a lady in New York, New York walking with her three children and the little one was skipping ahead like a little five-year-old boy so you know how you always be like you know hey stay close or you know but it's just a few feet ahead he's not even like a mile ahead or he's at the corner you're walking up there no few feet ahead and a man jumped out the car and grabbed that little boy and tried to drive off with her son like they're so desperate it should is serious you know it's crazy so we have to be vigilant so You know, as far as like, do I think Zola's movie did a good job capturing her story? I would say 50%. You know, like the beginning of it, I was right on track with it. Following right along with the movie. Towards the end, not so much. The ending definitely lost me. I was disappointed with the ending. I was like, well, why couldn't we just have, um, you know, just follow the narrative of what really happened? But they didn't. So a little flat on the end, a little disappointing. And so that made me feel like it was a nice attempt, but not a good execution as far as with the movie. So, and you know, guys, I'm really good. Like I'm really, and when it comes to reviews, I'm relatively nice. So I'm not going to, you know, say, so I'm just trying to say that if I say that it was a little disappointing, it really was a little disappointing, you know, but well, I will say still watch it though. Cause it was a wild ass fucking ride, you know? And for the movie to be so wild from the beginning all the way up until, I don't know, right before the end, that was kind of, like, disappointing. Like, damn, I could have did better than that on the ending, you know? Like, I wanted to see Zola back in Detroit, hit, you know, go, you know, turn the key, go into her man's house, and he's like, damn, where you been, baby? And she just dropped, like, 8000 on the bed, like, yo, I've been working, you know? But then a quick flash of, like, all the shit she's been through, and then she just hugs her man, like, give me some type of closure to the weekend, you know what I'm saying, you just got her going back across the causeway, still in Tampa, now bracing herself for a long-ass trip back to Detroit, so I just, I just thought that was a little mm, flat at the end, but, um, raise awareness, you know what I'm saying, I definitely would say that, now, y'all know one of my favorite shows ever since the start of this podcast, P-Valley, I'm a Lovecraft girl. I'm a P-Valley girl. You know how, um, <clears throat> it's so funny because my cousin and I were having a conversation. I don't really want to go into politics or whatever, but he was like, you know, he believes that they would try and, you know, vote Trump back in and he wouldn't be surprised, right? So we were having a conversation about that the other night. I feel like that, like the people that feel that, um, you know, that's possible. I feel like that about Lovecraft. Everyone's like, it's canceled. It's over with. Forget about it. I'm still keeping the window, the, the candle in the window for Lovecraft Country. That's like my favorite, right? Disappointed that they weren't renewed, but I still have hope in that for them because they won eight. They were nominated for 18 Emmys. Come on, come on, blew it out the water. But um, I'm veering off track. P 
P-Valley is what I was really talking about with this moment here. P-Valley is one of my favorite shows, stripper show, but it's a stripper show with compassion. It shows you about, it gives you like not just the nasty, it does, it does give you the sexual innuendos and all of that feels of the strip club, but it also gives all the strippers a heart, if that makes any sense. So P-Valley ultimately ends up glorifying stripping, glorifying like the real dirty south hood life and i love it don't get me wrong i love it like i want to go down the valley just because of p valley but um it also glorifies like you know not glorifying because i will say this like the tender intimate moment that was shared between murder and uncle clifford to me was a lit moment now don't get me wrong i don't want nobody to you know everyone's a teacher's own opinion the reason why i say it was lit because it didn't it was art just like how i told you about like the scene with um them urinating and showing the different colors of urine right it it was them telling a story or telling yeah telling making a statement without making the statement right because it would have been raunchier to me if um, Zola was like, yeah, I went in the bathroom and this bitch pussy stunk when I walked into the stall. You know what I'm saying? Like, that would have been, like, unnecessary dialogue. But with you saying, seeing the way they shot that um scene, and honey, we all been into public bathrooms or even some work bathrooms in some cases. And hmm, I digress. You Like, somebody left their whole ass in the bathroom and left out, right? So... We can all relate to that to some degree, right? So she doesn't have to say, like, she, her pussy was stink because she's a hoe. The scene itself gave you that visual of, like, the statement that was trying to be made. So I feel like with um, Uncle Clifford and um, murder scene and the way they intertwined it with um, Mississippi scene because that was, like, her first time getting shine on the stage or whatever. And stay with me, guys. I have a, I have a situation. I'm connecting the two here. I feel like it allowed me to see a more intimate, more um, passionate, you know, side of a homosexual relationship or a gay relationship between two men versus just like you're thinking of nasty throttle, nasty suck dick, you know, excuse my language, <laughs> but you know, like going just into the, um, pro, you know, the, the graphic part of it. It kind of showed you like these two people were, they like each other, they're attracted to each other, but they still have apprehensions and they still had their, um, you know, their apprehensions because they, you know, their hesitations because they didn't want to mess up the other one's career or mess up, you know, or, or come out or, you know, just had their own thing that they were dealing with. So when it kind of came together in that moment, it was kind of like, wow, you know what I'm saying? Like they really do care. Like they really do feel like this for each other. And you can kind of, I kind of, I don't know, the moment conveyed very well in the art. Okay, I'm going to just leave it like that. It wasn't, so it was graphic, but it wasn't, I'll put it this way. It was the same as the bathroom scene. I put them in the same category. So I, you know, I was like, oh my God, there's a lot. But you get to still appreciate the art and the statement that was made with it, right? So that's what I'm trying to say. Like P-Valley, I like it because it was allowed, allowed me to see so many different aspects of this lifestyle that I'm not, I'm not a part of. I'm not a stripper, never been. I've been to a strip club, like maybe two or three times in my entire life. You know what I'm saying? I need to go some more, but I digress. I'm going for the wings, y'all. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, so I don't, I'm, I don't have like home girls that like, they do this on a regular, they go to work. This is what they do. And I know what I'm hearing the dialogue and what's going on. So P Valley gave me that glad, that glamorized insightful look into a world that I'm not a part of, but Zola, 
gave you that real gritty, like, yeah, P-Valley makes it look nice, but that shit ain't really nice like that. This is what uh, 90% of the bitches that are out here doing this, this is what they're dealing with. We all wish we had Uncle Clifford, but we're really ending up with an African pimp named Z. You know what I'm saying? And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying bitches as far as, like, that's how I feel they are. I'm just saying, I'm just speaking from a term of, like, if, you know, a real stripper was telling you, like, hey, P-Valley's cool and all of that, and we might get a lit one or two nights a week like that for P-Valley, but not every night is like that, and sometimes you got to move around, you got to go out of town to get it lit like that. So all I'm trying to say is, like, you know, with every story, it's going to show you the shiny part, and there's also a a very dirty part, a very seedy, dusty, no shine there, no, the sun don't shine on that part, but they're both two different parts of the same world, is what I'm trying to tell you, right, so, um, I feel like, um, the Zola story needed to be told, definitely, because this is stuff that's really happening, y'all, like, even though I'm reviewing a movie for you all on this episode, and I'm more like saying, like, okay, you know, she's telling her story on Twitter and then she turned it to a movie. So I thought that whole concept was, you know, you know, very innovative for the time that it happened. But at the same time, it's a true story. Her story helped two other girls escape in Vegas type of thing. You know what I'm saying? And then two other girls come forward. They were comfortable to come forward. Like we didn't think no one would believe us, but this happened to us too. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I just wanted to bring that awareness to it of that it's it's real and it really happens. But now I want to also, you know, bring it back to another side of it because, you know, we have two sides to it. I saw a story recently, not that long ago in the papers or I call it the papers, but the Internet and um, a girl who has an adopted sister. She's black. Her adopted sister is white little girl. She's about 1920. And her sister's about like, I don't know, five or six years old. And um, they're traveling between states on their flying. So they're in the airport. Someone reported them as human trafficking. And the police came and snatched them up, took them away, etc. And their parents had to come out and get them and verify that, hey, they're not human trafficking. And then the statement was made by the family, like, you know, it's crazy. Like, we're grateful that you guys were vigilant, but how how vigilant would you have been if it was a white girl with a little black girl? If it was a white 19, 20-year-old woman with a little black girl flying between the states, would you have also been aware and vigilant enough to call authorities and say, hey, it looks like human trafficking, or would you have minded your business? So I'm saying that to say it goes both ways. You know, you can't look at it. It's hard because you can look at one thing and be like, is it what I think it is? You know, but look at everything the same. If this makes you feel uncomfortable, then this should also make you feel uncomfortable. And we should be vigilant with that. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes we might see, you know, I know. And I hope if there's anyone out there that encountered me and you were in a bad situation and I didn't help, I apologize. But I know in my younger years, I've seen some very questionable situations, like maybe on the train or in the restaurant. And you're like, um, she doesn't look like she want to be there. Like, you know, and I just wish that I had the empowerment to, you know, step up and be like, hey, you know, you're okay, blah, 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 because you just never know, right? But now in the present day, I can't 
go back and cry with spilled milk. I could just say, hey, what I would do going forward. So, you know, we all got to be vigilant, but we got to be vigilant on both sides. We can't say, hey, they look suspicious because they're black or hey, they look suspicious because they're white. We have to look at everything like training. I, I used to work for um, a military hospital, so I worked on the military base. You know, and you had to go through security clearance. You had to go like ask the neighbors and relatives and different people like my characteristic just to work in this hospital. Right. So as I'm working in there, um, you have different trainings. So just like with any job, you would have trainings that would be like, oh, um, security training, emergency procedures, um, you know, sexual harassment training. Um, just the list goes on of different type of trainings that your job would give you. Right. But because I was a civilian contractor, basically I'm treated like the military when as far as comes to, you know, I had a desk job in the hospital, but still they say, hey, you have to do this training, you're scheduled for it at this time, whatever. Some trainings you had to go down to like orientation or a classroom, other trainings you were at your desk. I remember I had to do a whole human trafficking training and this was about 10 years ago, you know, maybe even longer than that because I've been in, I feel like I've been in Florida close to 10 years so maybe even longer than that because this was in Virginia which is a highly heavily military state right so you know trust me I worked on the base and they were like giving you you know the training was to basically teach you signs of human trafficking and to make you aware and to make you say hey this doesn't look right or this doesn't look right and to know how to you know ways of awareness to the proper authority without ways and awareness to the wrong people, et cetera, et cetera. So on the flip, you know, on one side, I'm like that person that might've thought it was something may have been at a heightened awareness because they may have been trained in situations like that. So am I, you know, mad at them because they say it was a black girl with a little white girl, you know, no, no. I feel like all children need to be protected. All people need to be protected though that's the thing that I'm saying so even though this was a mistaken situation and it was not the case thank God be just as vigilant if you see it the other way around you know what I'm saying because it happens like it was a man that you know I don't know what he was his race was but he's trying to snatch up the little boy in, in the Bronx you know a little Spanish kid in the Bronx where was he going to take him where would that kid have ended up, God forbid, if his family wasn't vigilant and wasn't like, uh-uh, and fought them off and got their kid back? You know what I'm saying? So just got to be vigilant. So I think if Zola the movie doesn't do anything, it should heighten our awareness like this is a true story. And some of you might be judgmental. Remove the judgmental factor of saying like, well, why did she do that? Like she was a stripper. I would never be in a situation like that because I'm not a stripper. <clears throat> you could go on World Star. You can go on, and I say world star because if you just want to get a quick, you know, directory of trife is what I'm trying to say. But you can go to any place where they give you like shock videos and you can see so many videos of people trying to get snatched up. I saw one video around holiday time, not necessarily on world star. It may have been on Instagram. I don't know because it's all over the internet. You can find it. But um, it was a girl and she came out of like a Target and she was putting her groceries in her car so the thing is now she's put her groceries in the passenger um, excuse me the seat behind the driver's seat so she has her driver's you know door closed all the other doors are closed but that one door behind the driver's door is open and she's putting in groceries but the camera the way it's up above the car it shows a guy getting into her front passenger seat because you know i guess the way her car is set up when she hit the locks 
it opened up all the locks because, of course, she's trying to put stuff in the back seat. Dude climbed into the front seat. Then, as she got into the driver's seat, it's too late. Dude's already in there. Another person got into the back seat with the groceries. Nothing happened. No, no, um, what's the word I'm looking for? No, like, struggle or anything. And they just forced her to pull off. The caption was, the girl has been missing since. And this was the last footage. How shocking is that? How scary is that? You know what I'm saying? You're going to go get groceries, minding your fucking business, and this is what happens to you. So don't think that it could just be like, oh, I'm stripping at the club. And, you know, so she deserves to be exposed to pimps and and sex trafficking because she was in that realm. No, people are people. And that's why when I was telling you earlier, like there's a connection between P-Valley and the Zola movie for me is like P-Valley gave you the human side to a rough occupation a very tough occupation that I know for myself, honey, I couldn't do it. So I give kudos to anyone, you know, man or woman that's, you know, stripping and making their money. You know what I'm saying? I give them credit because I know I couldn't do that. And it's a tough situation. So P Valley to me and why I love it so much is because it lets you into the world, but it also lets you into the humanness of these people. Like they're still human. They still got kids. They still got families, bills, different struggles that we all deal with that they are dealing with, but they trying, this is the way that they feel to make their money. To me, it's entertainment. You know, you, for them, you should go out on stage and perform in your freaking underwear and do tricks and all that shit. You are an entertainer. You know, so sometimes I don't even like to like stripper because I feel like when people say that, like, like, you know, want to down them. No, these girls are fucking highly skilled at what they do. So kudos. You know what I'm saying? I would never, ever want anyone to think that I'm talking down about them because I fucking love P-Valley. And like I said, I need to go to strip clubs more once it should get safe. But as far as, um, yeah, like Zola gave you that real though, because I think a lot of us that like myself may not have been exposed to, um, the realness of, you know, situations like Zola or human trafficking, thank God, or just any of those type of situations. Um, it was a, a eye opener, you know what I'm saying? To be like, yo, this is real. And hopefully, cause I know for me, it made me more vigilant. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm from New York anyway. So I feel like I'm, I'm truly not saying truly vigilant cause I've been in the South a minute, but you know, I, I, I tend to believe I'm vigilant and, and I pack heat. So, you know, but anyway, at the same time, I feel like, um, we can be more vigilant, you know, especially as women, we can be more vigilant, especially as young girls, you know what I'm saying? They always try to underestimate our power and our strength, but nah, let's go ahead and you be about our wits. And even if you get in the bag, cause let me tell you, I feel like this is some women that will, um, <clears throat> excuse me, work two, three jobs, myself included, I'm guilty of it and still not seeing the money that a stripper made in the weekend. Okay, now, am I willing to say I'm going to go on the pole and be my underwear? No, so I give them that, that kudos and everything, but it's getting to the bag, and they definitely get to the bag, you know what I'm saying? Ooh, that reminds me. So that's because, you know, I end every episode with a song. It just hit me. I'm going to play a lot of it by moi. Hey, she can talk. I'm going to play a lot of it off of... um. Moments of perfection. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. The reason why I'm going to play a lot of it, because to me, I feel like, you know, I, that's my way of relating to like, you know, 
what hustlers, what strippers got to do to get their money. Like, I want the money and a lot of it. Like, point me to the bag. I got to get it. You know what I'm saying? So, shout out. And that's going to be, like, my P-Valley-esque to this whole story. I'm a, they we're going to end this show with a lot of it. That's what we're going to do. I don't know. I, I totally get sidetracked. You know how I do. But she can talk. Colleen, you already know. So, if you've been with me this long, you already know. I tend to jump all around. But follow me. Follow me now. Like, stay stick with me. You know, it all makes sense in the end. But, um, yeah, like I was saying about, like, you know, those girls that dance, that, you know, do stripping and entertaining that fashion, I feel like they trying to get to the bag quick. And, they you know, I don't see a lot of them just ending, you know, at stripping, like, 30 years and, you know, they retiring from stripping. A lot of them, I see a lot of them go on to being, like, doctors, lawyers, nurses, um, teachers, educators, professionals in society. But this is what they had to do at a point in time to get their money because life is hard and you got to use what you got to get what you want. So, you know, I know my message is probably hella contradicting tonight. All I'm trying to say is I respect the craft. You know what I'm saying? I love to look at it because I feel like it's a skill. So I'm like, damn, you know what I'm saying? Because I know I don't got the upper body strength. My legs are strong, but I don't got the upper body strength to do all of that. So, yeah, I give them kudos where and give respect and props where it's due. You know what I'm saying? So they be chasing the bag to get to the bag. So we're going to end up with a lot of it tonight. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to my ladies out there, you know. But um, also, even though we know it gets to the bag and it looks nice and there's a lot of glamorous, it's like a lit situation, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's nothing like being in a party Chicks is doing their thing, dancing on the pole, you know, money, dudes are throwing money. And then, honestly, even if you're not stripping and you're in a strip club but you're a woman, dudes will buy you drinks. You don't throw money in your direction. Trust me, it has happened. You know what I'm saying? So it is just a good time had by all. You know what I'm saying? That's the whole purpose and energy of if you really go to a really lit club. Now, if you go to a little creepy club like the one that was on Zola, and I don't want to give any more... Um, Spoiler alerts because we're at the almost at the end of this hour here, so I'm not gonna keep you guys long. You know, I'll tend to talk you guys into a whole nother hour, and I'm not gonna do that. But I think, like for example, it's a little different vibe when you go to those little you know creepy clubs because it is like they're here for the creep of it. You know what I'm saying? They're like, you know, when you go to the club and like with the chicken wings is popping, the music is lit, the dances is jumping, the patrons, everyone's having a good time. That to me is like a, you know, I like that type of, you know, strip club atmosphere. So y'all get me. But um, watch Zola. I think I should see it. Even if I gave it a bad review, meaning that I think that it could have did more at the end. It was good. It had a lot of good parts. And if you're into, if you miss P-Valley, you get to see some dancing on the pole because Zola did some really, they had like a really dope scene with some dancing situations. So that was good too. So it's some scenes in there that you could appreciate, especially if you're, if, if, if you're from P-Valley like myself, you know, I love P-Valley. You could appreciate that. Now, um, also, if you follow the tweets and you basically experienced that when it happened in real time in 2015, then you wanted to, it's just like reading a book. Like, I think like this whole movie and the whole layout is similar to like, if you read a really good ass novel, like, you know, and then it turned into a movie. So now you're like, okay, this book was so good. I know it damn near verbatim. I want to go see this movie to see if it matches up or if it even is half as good as the book, right? And we all know that movies tend to be different than the book, but sometimes they'll still nail it. You'd be like, oh my God, it wasn't like the book, but it was still good. And then sometimes you'd be like, oh my God, 
they just missed the mark, right? So I would say this was 50-50, like I said earlier in this earlier part of the episode, um, middle of the road, because the way it comes in and the way it tells, like, certain key points, it was they were really on point, and I was like, yes, getting hype. But then as it kind of went on, it was like, I don't know if it was budget or time or whatever, but it just, like, it was kind of, like, speeding through the details. And then the ending was just... It was like, this is it. And I hate those type of endings. Like, when you're looking over, like, me and Colossal, we watch movies together, of course. And you look over and you're like, you know, I'm looking. I, I turn to look at him. He's already looking at me like, that's it? I'm like, yeah, that's it. That was kind of, you know, so that kind of leaves you like, damn, it was really good. And then that happened. Unless they're doing a part two now. That would be dope if she was to do, like, a part two where she's, like, gets back to Detroit, tells the story, does the tweets, and then all that stuff pops off. So who knows? Like, maybe that's something that she's leaving that for because it kind of did leave you with a little cliffhanger. And if you if you were, like, basically following the tweets, you would be disappointed with the way the movie ends. So I'll leave it at that. But will I recommend it to be watched? Yes, I would because I feel like support all, you know what I'm saying, movies of independence. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely an indie film. The fact that, you know, this girl went from a Twitter tweet to big screen, that's awesome. And she's a young black girl from Detroit, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, go ahead and give her that prop. So, shout out to Zola, a.k.a. Zaya King. And, oh, which I didn't tell you also, just a quick, I'm going to give you the quick breakdown, just like how she gave the quick breakdown. But Jess, which was the girl that was with Zola, she, back in 2015, when everything kind of went viral, she responded. She went on Twitter. So, you know, some people were like, it's a fake story because what happened to the other people? So, just to give you a little back history with them, she responded, like, defending herself and saying, like, that's a lie. I, I wasn't the whole Zola was the you know, doing all that stuff, not me. And Zola was the one that recruited me. Like, she tried to flip it back on Zola. But then it kind of, she, I guess, was silenced or kind of slipped into the, back into the cracks after other girls came forward and was like, no, this happened as well. So then I guess she resurfaced with their pictures when I guess they got um, arrested in Vegas and she was with the same dude. So it was like, ah, you're saying it was Zola, but it looks like it might have been used, chick. And stuff like that. So that was interesting to see. Now, the dude, I don't know what happened to the dude. So that would be an interesting, like, maybe follow-up that she should do. Like, you know, maybe find out what happened to the, to the guy and see, like, you know, the boyfriend I'm talking about. The one, the fourth guy that was on a trip with them. And even follow up with the, with the pimp and them. Like, is he in jail? Because he needs to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, we need some closure on that. Because that was some very traumatizing shit. Like, I can't, I mean, kudos to Zola for walking away from such a traumatic situation with a movie deal, a book deal, and so much more, right? Kudos, you know what I'm saying? But let's be real, we know a lot of people don't get those opportunities after going through traumatic situations that she has been through. So I also say I appreciate the fact that her story got told so other people that are going through that or who have been through it can use it as, like, you know, Maybe a little bit of confidence booster, maybe, you know, like an icebreaker for them to come forward with their story, you know, because the more, you know, strength is in numbers, right? The more people come forward, the more people can say, hey, look, this happened to me and blah, blah, blah. But in this scenario, it did bring other people for, you know, forward to say, hey, look, they did that to me as well. So I think Zola was a very strong young lady from Detroit. So shout out to Zaya King once again in her situation and for her overcoming that shout out. But I'm not going to hold y'all long because y'all know I will do it. 
you know I will. Like I said, I'm going to leave you out with a lot of it because I think, listen to the words of a lot of it. Now, I'm not a stripper. I'm not a dancer. But I feel like we can all relate to it in our respective fields. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, when you think about taking care of your family and your bills, and like, you don't want to just live for that. You want more. You have hopes and aspirations and dreams. Like, I want to be like my new idol, Tabitha Brown. You know what I'm saying? So, I want to have me a little mansion overlooking, you know what I'm saying, the, the, the cliffs in Malibu type thing. Or maybe Jamaica. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? But, um. Yeah, so we gotta. You don't just want to work to pay your bills. So everyone wants to have a a lot more. You know what I'm saying? You want some money, but you want a lot of it, so you can not only be comfortable with, you know, your bills. You ain't, you don't even think about bills. You just paid so much that you don't even think about those. Now you just on to the next thing, right? So um, I could relate, and I think we all could relate. You know, so maybe listen to a lot of it in the context of that movie and see how they relate to each other. I think they do. So that's what I'm going to use my song for tonight. Hey, shameless plug, which leads me into my other shameless plug. You already know if y'all don't know already. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you, thank you. Look at me. An hour later, I'm thanking the new people for tuning in. But if you always been here, welcome back. And you already know my motto. What is it? If you like it, tell a friend. If you like what I talk about up here and you like what, you know, she can talk the podcast and you like me, tell a friend. If you don't like it, still tell a friend. It's not going to hurt either way, all right? And you know my other thing is love yourself. I'm going to need for y'all to love on yourself, hug on yourself, rub on yourself a little bit more before you come out in the world and love on the rest of us. You know what I'm saying? Because you can't love me properly if you ain't loving you properly, all right? So I'm leave y'all with that, and we're going to get on out of here. Until next week, y'all, she can talk the podcast clean. I'm sending y'all much love. Mwah. Ah, I hope you heard those kisses. Peace. I'm out. Nothing less. Uh, I mean, ten stacks. I was out of breath. 
Damn, I'm so savage with my bank account. Bank account. 21 M's, I need big amounts. amounts. Mr. Money Trail, you better rewrite. Re-ride. Try to get it all before your time's out. Your time's out. I want the money and a lot of it. A lot of it. Why we talking if it ain't chips? Why you dreaming if it ain't rich? And why you scheming if it ain't a flip? Talking if it ain't chips, uh, and why you dreaming if it ain't 